Mobile payments and mobile banking are no doubt grabbing headlines and quickly changing the financial landscape, not just for consumers, but also for banks. So what opportunities is mobile opening in the area of payments, and how are U.S. consumers expected to embrace these new payments options? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Michael Upton, an eChannels and Customer Solutions Executive for Bank of America. Michael, before we get started, could you please tell the audience a bit about your role with Bank of America and a bit about the direction Bank of America is pursuing in the way of mobile payments? You bet. Thanks, Tracy, first off, for uh, inviting me to talk with the group today. My particular role at Bank of America is one where I focus on emerging capabilities, and clearly the mobile payment space uh, and the mobile space altogether is one of those uh, those areas where things are rapidly emerging, both from a business perspective and from our customers' perspective. With respect to the bank's uh, direction in the area, we're very focused on understanding our customers' preferences uh, around usability as it pertains to mobile payments and mobile banking. To that end, uh, we are engaged in a number of activities to really understand our customers and their preferences and also to show our customers that uh, this is an area that uh, we will continue to invest in, uh, that we believe will continue to be important to us as well as uh, to their daily lives as we move forward. Now, in the payments arena, B of A has announced plans to begin piloting mobile chip-based payments. Could you give us a little background, such as how the chips will be embedded into mobile devices? You bet. Specifically, we are uh, conducting a a market trial in uh, the New York metropolitan area to, again, very much focus on our customers' experience when managing and staying connected with their finances through their mobile devices. For the pilot, we're going to be using an SD card and as well as a mobile application. So pilot participants will receive an an application, uh, a mobile wallet that will be pushed to them. We will also be providing them with an SD card that they can insert into their handheld device. Based on the application and the SD card, they will then be able to select from a number of payment types as they're conducting transactions out in the real world at the physical points of sale. Now, the payment option B of A proposes is ultimately a tap-and-go or contactless payment. Why does B of A think contactless mobile payments will succeed where other forms of RFID or contactless card payments have previously failed, at least in the U.S.? Well, that's a great question. And, in fact, uh, part of what we're looking to learn and to understand through our trial in New York and, and through other work is what is it that customers perceive from a convenience perspective with respect to contactless payments? Our particular trial at this point is a little less focused on, say, the given technology and a lot more focused on that customer experience as we feel that that's going to be one of the keys to driving the adoption. We've seen, as everyone has, the growing adoption of the smartphone devices by our consumers and and by the populace in the United States. And we feel that as more and more consumers continue to embrace smartphones as data plans and packages will continue to come down in price over time, that this is a device and a a paradigm that uh, is well-received by the consumer. We also believe that the near-field communications type of uh, transactions, that technology has actually been out for quite some time. And with the maturity of a lot of the operating systems and of the app models, we believe that as we test and understand our customers and their use cases and the usability of managing multiple accounts will really help us better understand 
how our customers will use these types of things for these types of interactions. Michael, I'm going to just ask for a little clarification here because I think you, you touched on this in a previous response, but will this mobile payment be a multi-card wallet or only attached to one card, such as a debit or credit card? And if debit is allowed, can the consumer make the choice between PIN and signature debit when he or she conducts a transaction? So for our particular trial at this point, we know that our customers carry multiple cards in their physical wallets. And for our trial, we will be supporting multiple cards in the digital wallet. The customers uh, will have the ability to make choices between debit cards and credit cards when they are selecting how it is they want to make that particular payment at the point of sale. And will they be able to have a PIN-based option or a signature-based option? At this point, uh, we're primarily testing the contactless element. So for the purpose of this trial, we're, we're not putting the PIN or the signature in scope for this particular trial. And how will these payments be facilitated? For instance, will merchants have to sign directly with Bank of America? Uh, this trial will actually leverage the pre-existing infrastructure that's out there with the major network partners. So uh, without getting into you know the specifics, uh, we will be using all the pre-existing infrastructure that's already available by all the major networks for payments. And that probably answers a bit of this question, which is, are there merchants out there interested in investing in contactless POS devices for chip-based tap-and-go mobile payments? You're right. Uh, it does somewhat answer it. There are, again, a number of merchants, uh, somewhat in some concentrated segments, you know, for example, fast foods, uh, some of the uh, convenience stores like a Walgreens, a CVS, those types of stores, gas stations that already have contactless readers in place, and this trial will work at all, of, all those types of channels. Now, one thing that we've talked quite a bit about in the mobile space is the whole notion of you know, security concerns surrounding this emerging channel. What are some of the security concerns that you've identified, and how are you addressing them? Certainly. The uh, security is top of mind for the bank. We have invested a tremendous amount of our uh, dollars and our manpower in ensuring that uh, our customers' information is secure. We are fortunate enough to have the SiteKey solution, which has been recognized as one of the top uh, consumer security solutions. In continuing to take advantage of that, a big part of our test will be how we secure the wallet and how the customers interact with that particular security uh, the other premise is that uh, mobile devices, uh, even more so than, say, a, a traditional credit card, the consumer is more conscious and more aware of that particular device and that do they have it, do they not have it. So we think that there's multiple layers of security that uh, come into play here. And really, that's a lot of what we're trying to learn through these types of tests, what the consumer's experience is with security, as well as what their perceptions are, as well as their comfort and their trust in the security that we provide today and would through this solution. Now, given the current legislative environment with more government oversight on the financial industry, what kind of compliance or regulatory concerns could possibly face mobile payments, and are you concerned about any? Well, regulation is, uh, is just a natural part of uh, the financial services industry, and so we have quite a bit of work that, that takes place both in terms of understanding uh, legislation that uh, may have been passed recently emerging, but also in influencing regulation to ensure that there's a level playing field as it pertains to payments. The financial services are, are well familiar with it. There are some folks that are looking to get into the space that may not be quite as familiar, and we want to make sure that uh, we both uh, comply with uh, regulations, but then also help ensure that the regulations that are contemplated for the future take our voice into account as it pertains to mobile and to the payment space.
And uh, you, you've kind of answered this already by talking about launching this program in the New York metropolitan area. But can you tell us how long you plan to pilot this program? And do you have any idea about the number of users that you plan to give this option to? So our goal with this particular trial is to ensure that we gain statistical significance. So we want to make sure that we have enough uh, participation that uh, we're able to get statistically valid results. And so in terms of the number of people and the duration, there is a little flexibility built into the pilot purposely so that we're able to capture the learnings that we need to capture, but make sure that we've got enough scale and volume that they uh, represent uh, a relevant feedback for us. And do you expect, Michael, this to be the next big move in payments, and why or why not? Relative to the next big move in payments, uh, I don't know that I would per se look at it that way. I think what we're seeing is as consumers continue to adopt mobile devices and as the mobile ecosystem and the players in it continue to mature at a rapid pace, our learning and understanding consumer preferences around how they want to interact with those devices and specifically how financial services and payments fit into what consumers expect from us is going to help us determine whether it's the next big thing or is this really a natural extension and or an evolution of some of the the leading services that we provide to people today. And in closing, could you tell us over the next 12 months where you expect the U.S. market and the world really to see and feel the greatest changes in mobile payments and mobile banking? Well, um, <laughs> well, we'll find out how prophetic I am here. But uh, over the next 12 months, you know, we believe that uh, we will continue to see strong adoption growth uh, within the United States of mobile devices, and particularly of mobile devices with data plans and smartphones. So, where it makes up, you know, a minority of the phones that are available today, there's been good, strong growth in consumers adopting that, and again, the price points for data packages coming down. We believe strongly that we'll continue to see that strong growth there. We we believe very much that uh, mobility and mobile devices are in favor with the U.S. consumer and will continue to be so. Relative to the world, they're already a little bit ahead of the United States relative to the adoption of these devices, as well as uh, the adoption of some of the contactless payment paradigms. Without getting into specifics, there's a variety of reasons why there are certain things you can look at around the globe that uh, help you, but there are other things that are very different uh, when you're looking at the European market, you're looking at the Asian market, and you're looking at you know more global markets, just about consumer preferences, but also about the banking infrastructures and the merchant infrastructures. So while we can look at those and we can learn certain things, there's not always that one-to-one correlation. Uh, and I don't know that I would speculate so much about Europe as right now uh, our particular focus is, is with our U.S. consumers. We are aware uh, of the global service offerings, uh, and Bank of America is a global company, but right now a lot of the usability is focused on the uh, U.S. customer. Michael, I want to thank you again for your time. Well, thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Michael Upton, an e-channels and customer solutions executive for Bank of America. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.